You are listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Show, the leading word in pharmacy. You can find all of our episodes at www.pharmacypodcast.com. This is Jean-Marc Bovee of the Retail Pharmacy Podcast, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Let's get started. Hey, listeners, this is Todd Urey with the Pharmacy Podcast, and I have a fellow podcaster returning to the show who I always love having on, uh, Jean-Marc Bovee of the Retail Pharmacy Podcast, and uh, it's a sunny uh, Orlando-ish Florida-ish type of day where Jean Marc is, and of course I'm stuck in New Jersey today, and it's 34 degrees. So uh, nice comparison, Jean Marc. Yeah, my condolences. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a lot has happened since episode 36. Jean Marc came on the show, found his podcast over a year ago, was excited to interview someone who is passionate about pharmacy in general, and. Uh, trying to hold back from the decommoditizing of it all and uh, getting some of your viewpoints. So a lot's happened in the last 50 episodes uh, since uh, our initial interview. And I want to open it up to you, Jean-Marc, and kind of uh, get a state of the nation from your perspective uh, on the pharmacy world. Well, one of the things we talked about last time was the drug shortage. And I just want to quickly go over some of the updates uh, regarding that issue for instance, the World News publication, which is a world website, um, back in February had an article titled, Panic in Greek Pharmacies as Hundreds of Medicines Run Short. So here we go again with Greece, and we talked about some of the reasons why there was a drug shortage, not just in Greece, but in countries all over the world. And I hypothesized that it was government intervention, meddling with the prices, disincentivizing manufacturers from making the drugs, and Here's the latest. Apparently, pharmaceutical multinationals have halted shipments to Greece because of the fear that the drugs will be exported by middlemen because prices are higher in other European countries. The Greeks have the lowest prices for their drugs in all of Europe. So why would a manufacturer want to sell there when they could go to Germany and make more of a profit, right? So the Greek drug regulator said that hundreds of drugs are in short supply and the situation is getting worse, no surprise there. And the Swiss Red Cross is slashing its supply of donor blood even because Greece hasn't paid its bills. So the government isn't even paying its bills, let alone they're robbing the manufacturers of profit. So then you got chemists in Athens who describe chaotic scenes, this might sound familiar because it's happening here now, with desperate customers going from pharmacy to pharmacy looking for prescription drugs that even hospitals don't have. So here's a direct quote from Professor Yanis Tauntas, the president of Greek drug regulators. Um, Companies are ceasing these supplies of drugs because Greece is not profitable for them. He hits the nail on the head. And they are worried that their products will be exported by traders through parallel trade as Greece has the lowest medicine prices in Europe. So here's a guy who gets it. So I feel uh, justified in in my theory about what's going on. (laughs) I tell you what, um, there's aspects of the shortage after reading uh, many articles over the last 12 months 
that even after reading, I still don't get it. I still don't understand, you know, other than the fact that the economy in itself is a is a moving beast per se. It's it's something that actually, um, you know, uh, acts as something living. You know, you start making um, changes to it artificially, and it's going to react. And I don't I don't think there's sometimes in in governmental leadership. The understanding that if you mess with something artificially and you don't allow it to, you know, take its natural course per se, you really start messing up with supply channels in this case. And, you know, we've known that traditionally throughout our history. It's called the free market system, the invisible hand. <laughs> Today's politicians just don't get it. They think they know better. Now, my question is, when our forefathers signed the Declaration of Independence. Five of them were physicians. How many physicians are in Congress right now? Probably less than that. So we got a bunch of lawyers basically making decisions about health care and things they don't know anything about. And I think uh, that leads to problems as we're seeing not just here but all over the world. Right, exactly. And I, I, I like quoting um, different economists uh, from you know, the 80s who uh, understand, um, you know, the difference between uh, balancing capitalism and what that means for freedom. And Milton Friedman, for example, you know, one of my favorites um, in saying, you know, a culture that places equality over, um, um, equality over, um, you know, uh, profit and, and some of the other things that are happening in a free market uh, will get neither. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see that those are are true statements. They're not being driven from someone who's greedy or something like that. It's just the way it is. It's you have to allow the market to to kind of uh, do things in order to to balance out. And I, I know it's not always you know in the best interest overall with with regards to what we saw happening to the the housing industry you know over the last uh, basically three to five years, but. It's all, of course, recovering, but the uh, the the leadership, in my opinion, at this point is is doing too many artificial things to it all. Well, you know what? Margaret Thatcher said it really well back in the 80s when she was debating her fellow politicians in England. She said, you guys are so worried about the income gap that you would rather that gap be small by lowering the wealth of certain people as opposed to having a large gap where okay, there's a large gap, but everybody is going up. They'd rather bring everybody down to an equal crappy level <laughs> as opposed to, okay, so there's a gap, but everybody's doing better. So who cares if there's a gap? It's very true. Um, and, you know, small business um, really fuels the economy. And when you start beating up on small business from um, overtaxation and other things, the independent pharmacy owner knows this all too well. Um, it really uh, stunts your growth. And again, how many of our politicians have ever punched in from nine to five and worked a regular job? How many of them have been in the private sector? Um, you know, to quote Benjamin Carson, we need more physicians and scientists to make decisions based on facts and imperial data, not ideology. Right. Um, yeah, I, I'm a fan of uh, Dr. Benjamin Carson as well. I very much like some of the views. He seems he makes, I was saying to, to um, a friend earlier this week, it, 
he actually makes too much simplistic sense and it's it's not the it's not the way of our world today everything's got to be complicated and and in order to in order to i guess to make sense to to our politicians and why wouldn't we value his word here's a guy who's reached the pinnacle of his career he saves babies lives he's a brain surgeon why wouldn't we want to listen to him about his ideas regarding healthcare versus someone like Barack Obama who doesn't know the first thing about healthcare it's crazy yeah and it's a it's a worldview it's a perspective you know if you if you've saturated in something your entire life and a way of thinking it's very hard to break out of that um you know i i look at I look at my my background. I I you know came from a family of five kids. My uh, dad was an electrician. Um, we really didn't have very much, um, but it instilled in me, you know, hard work. And it instilled in me um, uh, if I if I want something, I I actually get up early and I I go out and make it happen. And it it's you know that that soaking background um, in the attitudes that I have, which are positive attitudes. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not looking to, I'm not looking around my life saying who's keeping me down. I don't have time for that. I got to go out and get it done myself. <clears throat> not blaming anybody for my economic situation. I'm going out and, and, and making the changes. That's true. I mean, if you go to the library, you're not going to find a book titled Greatest Victims Throughout History. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, not yet, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that things might, are changing fast. That might be on Amazon's uh, on list over the next uh, couple of months <laughs> with, with the way everything's going. That's true. I mean, Dennis Miller made a great joke. He said, the geniuses today are the ones who aren't working their butts off, but who are getting everything for free. We're the suckers because we're working hard and we're paying 50% in taxes. We're working till June for free. The freeloaders are the smart ones. They're not working as hard and they're getting everything free. <laughs> yeah. That's of course, a, he's being you know sarcastic, but right. yes. So, with regards to pharmacy and and some of the things that are happening in the in the country, um, I wanted to open up a a question and get your viewpoints on you know the the evolution of the um, the uh, Obamacare you know push and uh, healthcare and what's going to happen to pharmacy inside that if if you have any insights. Well, we're going to have what is it thirty million new insured people. Yet there is a projected projected shortage of forty five thousand primary care physicians by twenty twenty. So, <laughs> I mean, you look at those two trajectories. Uh, we're in deep trouble. We're going to be like Canada, where you're going to have to wait for six months to have a checkup. Uh, and who wants that? Is there any plan in Obamacare to increase the number of doctors or just the number of insured? Yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting. I talk to pharmacy owners every day and. Um, you know, the, right now, I think the phase that we're in is head in the sand. Um, a lot of them are, are too busy trying to run their businesses to really pay attention to it, and I'm guilty of that too. I haven't haven't done enough internal research to see what the domino effect is going to be. But um, regardless of it not seemingly like it's going to be very positive, um, I I just got to keep running as as quickly as possible. Well, let me quote a Democrat. Uh, Max Baucus, senior Democrat senator from Montana who helped write Obamacare, was quoted just last week saying that he thinks it's headed for a train wreck. So here's one of the primary uh, co-signers of this bill admitting it's a disaster. And then you got Donna Brazile 
tweeting on Twitter complaining about how her healthcare premiums have jumped up and she can't understand why. A Democrat political strategist. But, you know, Bill O'Reilly was talking on his show, The O'Reilly Factor, about how his premiums have tripled. Everybody knows this is what was going to happen, but here's Donna Brazil who has no idea why her premiums are going up. Yeah, it's not rocket science. Like, <laughs> like, like we've said, the economy, you, you can't mess with something and expect it to be uh, rainbows and fluffy flowers. Um, there's, there's repercussions for um, some of the choices that have been, uh, that have been made, and uh, unfortunately it's, it's not in the best interest of small, small business, and it's certainly not in the interest of privately owned pharmacies. So I want to ask you and also, uh, you've done some additional publications. You're doing a, um, an upcoming uh, book that you have coming out as well as a radio show uh, down in Florida. Share with our listeners what's going on. Yeah, i got a couple things going on. I'm working on a new book. It's centered around Medicaid fraud, and uh, I'm pretty excited about that because that's the number one expenditure of our government, basically, as far as entitlements goes. So I'm, I figure I'll tackle the big one. And then uh, I do a radio show. Just started April 21st this past Sunday on Wink News Radio. I'll give you the link. It's winknews.com forward slash wink hyphen news hyphen radio hyphen live. And you can listen to it live streaming on your computer. And basically uh, every Sunday from 1130 to 12, I'm going to talk about retail pharmacy and try to enlighten and educate the local population down here because to this day people still don't get it and just yesterday I was trying to explain to a woman why I can't tell her what her insurance is going to charge her until I fill the prescription and bill it to the insurance and we spent 20 minutes going back and forth and she just wasn't getting it so I'm hoping this show will help spread the light on just how it works back there because for 20 years now I've been answering that same question among a plethora of others. And I also write political articles for a local online newspaper, the Lehigh Acres Gazette. Um, I can give you the link to that if you want. And the other thing I'm involved in is I have a friend who's also a pharmacist opening her own pharmacy technician training school down here in Fort Myers, Florida. It's called PharmTech. And I'm real excited about that. We're going to start churning out some good pharmacy technician interns. Because up until now, they haven't been the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. We're, um, we're definitely fans of uh, how important the pharmacy technician is. We've done some, uh, some uh, interviews with uh, Mike Johnston of the National Pharmacy Technician Association. So I think that might be something that we can get the information over to him and his crew, too. And uh, I still got the old stuff on there, uh, a prescription for retail pharmacy, the audio version, which is on iTunes. Um, feel free to listen to the podcast, retailpharmacypodcast.com. That's free on iTunes. I even have a song about the founding forefathers. It's 99 cents on iTunes. It's, <laughs> it's real patriotic. I did the music myself. You might get a kick out of that if you're a, a fan of the forefathers. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. I'm definitely going to look that up uh, after the show. So, um, where, where's, uh, where's the world? Like, I know you can't, you don't have a crystal ball, but where do you see this heading if we're, if we're staying 
on course for socialized medicine? What what happens next? Well, all you got to do is look at other countries like Canada, Great Britain, Cuba, a lot of countries in Europe, and they are now turning away. They're beginning to turn away from this system. I remember a British member of parliament said, you know, we are headed for the cliff and we're trying to slow down. And what do we see in our rearview mirror? But America speeding past us. <laughs> doesn't wow. make any sense. Right. So we're headed for catastrophe if this bill doesn't get repealed by a hopefully Republican Congress in 2014. Otherwise, everyone's premiums are going to go up. All this talk about you can keep your doctor. That's not going to happen. Uh, eventually, we'll have a single-payer system. The problem with this, and I know a lot of people complain about insurance companies, and but if you don't like your insurance company, you can always switch to another one. Once the government runs the show, where are you going to flee to? There's nowhere else you can go. you got one single-payer system, and you're stuck with them, period. Yeah, there, and there might be a new penalty that comes out that if you don't sign up for it, you have to pay a penalty that gets absorbed into your uh, into your premiums. And it's a jobs killer. This is what's hurting small businesses. They're they're not hiring full-timers. They're hiring part-timers to get around it. And that's why the unemployment rate is what it is. And that's why small businesses, you know, you just look around. A lot of supermarkets are going out of business. A lot of chains are going to the market. The economy is terrible. And Obamacare is not helping. <laughs> I say, uh, Jean-Marc, look at the look at the United States from an economist perspective you don't let's put the politics aside you can you can put your republican aside or your progressive aside or your or your liberalism aside your democratic dem democratic side look at it as an economist you know start putting the numbers together grab yourself a, a fresh excel spreadsheet start putting some numbers together and you know track it out one three ten years and see what ends up happening it's gonna open your eyes up because i know that you know, politics is a sore subject. You're not supposed to talk about politics or religion or anything like that. You can put that aside. Just look at it from a mathematician's perspective, from an economist's perspective, and it and it speaks volumes. Well, I got a number for you. $20 trillion debt by 2016. <laughs> that's all you need to know. $20 trillion. Yeah, that's, uh, that's unimaginable. And it, we're well on our routine right now. So if uh, listeners want to hear more of, um, of Jean-Marc's uh, um, show, he has the Retail Pharmacy Podcast, as you mentioned. Um, I'm definitely a fan. I, um, I like your commentary. You're kind of, um, you know, you, you, don't, you don't pull back any punches. Uh, we like that. Um, so uh, definitely hit the uh, RetailPharmacyPodcast.com, like uh, Jean-Marc mentioned iTunes, or you can Google it, it comes right up. Um, we like having you on the show, Jean-Marc, and we appreciate you coming back. Anytime. So this is Todd Yuri with the Pharmacy Podcast, interviewing uh, fellow podcaster Jean-Marc Bovee with the Retail Pharmacy Podcast, and we thank you for listening. Thanks, Todd.